sir. We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Understood? Hey everyone, it's California Penal League podcast time. This is your this is your favorite Cleveland Guardians podcast, that much I know. Um, you don't have to tell me. I just know it in your heart to be true. And today, it's uh, time to do some spring training overreactions, baby. This is my favorite time of the year. This is when, uh, this is when I like to just turn my brain off uh, when it comes to... I, I, this might be a hot take. I don't really like spring training. I really hate it because of what it does to people. And I, I just would rather... It's the way I feel about like preseason football when people get crazy about like a a guy that wasn't going to make the roster doing something the, good or bad the, in the ninety fifth guy the first... on the roster. Yes, and that's kind of how I feel uh, today. Um, so because the f- flavor of the week is uh, Roman Quinn. I was, like was going to say, start. should I not bring? Should I not bring up how he's going to be our <laughs> starting center fielder no, now? Should, but oh, okay. I bought three <laughs> Roman Quinn jerseys. Um, yeah, and I waived the fan protection on them. Yeah, and I went out and bought uh, his one of one rookie auto. So like, yeah, right. <laughs> solid investment. Five thousand dollars. Yeah, I don't see why you're yeah. laughing at us, Stephen. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, oh God, you were serious. No, I I don't know. I, this spring training to me is like, it's 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 what I hate. It's like what we always talk about. How much we don't like overreactions during the season. This is it's like times a billion in spring training because if Gabriel Arias boots a ball or if Roman Quinn hits three home runs in a week or Mike Zanino strikes out a couple times, it's like, Oh my God, this season's going to be a disaster. Or like, if you read the Instagram comments, um, people are like a couple comments. Like, I can't believe these are real people, but few people commenting in like on Instagram posts of the guardians being like, our prospects are carrying the offense it's like, do you not get that this these aren't real? This is like made up. These are made up games. Well, it's like, well, right? Yes. In their Backyard defense, baseball. In their defense, they must not like. They must truly not realize that, especially at this point of the season, if your regulars go more than like two innings, like that's kind of a cause for concern. Yes, because they're I don't in want some that. deep. Yeah, away. they're they're in some yeah. deep like funk or something. Yes. Also, yeah. I, I did want to pull this bad. up. I did want to pull this up. Roman Quinn's home run high for his uh, regular season came in 2019 with four. He might surpass that this spring training, boys. Are we going to see? Wait a minute, hold on. Wait, no, Roman season? Quinn. Yeah, he had four oh, yes, home runs four, in 2019. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm yeah, sorry. I was looking at his RBI totals. I saw a 12. On <laughs> 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 my bad. <laughs> now that's not to say that's not to say that Roman Quinn doesn't bring something. This is a good segue into into a roster thing. Although I'm not certainly not saying he's going to make the roster. He wasn't on the radar of, as a roster battle that, in my mind, no. And honestly, the logistics don't make sense because you're talking about <laughs> finding him a spot on the forty man and him jumping somebody like Will Brennan. So it's like I don't even yeah, know if he like, would jump someone like Will Brennan. Or like because, Richie Palacios, because or no, I could see like, a Palac- like I could see him jumping a Palacios, but but you're talking okay. So his best his best stats came in that 2018 season and 2016. He played pretty well, and last year with the Rays, he had so, like 262, 340 on base, 
and like had a he's so, a he's a good little uh, fourth outfielder kind of guy, and always will get. Oh, I was gonna say fifth. Like, I was gonna say fifth outfielder. You know, I so sure, but like everybody wants to like you know today's the Ro- this week's the Roman Quinn week. The last three years, it was the Yu Chang Spring Training Showcase. This is true, and it and it always <laughs> turned into. It never translated into the regular season. So, like, I just, it, it drives me nuts. Spring training is just such a like, so, cesspool. Okay. So, in eight, in 10 minor league seasons, Roman Quinn has at 187 stolen bases. And that's the kind of spark in quotes that I'm going to say he could bring to the team as a, yes, as a <clears throat> late inning base running replacement, bag, like bigger bags this year. You know, Hitchcock. like, like the, the rules where you can't go. Uh, if you go, if you disengage a third time, you have to get the out at first, yeah, or like you go to second. Like that's, but but uh, I mean, we're spending way too much time on a guy who's most likely never going to sniff a a day on the active roster for the reasons like bottom just, of the eighth, game seven, <laughs> tied. He steals second to get into winning run territory. If that happens, I will eat crow, metaphorically speaking. Um, this is like Michael Martinez being the last batter. Oh God! Don't bring me back to that. Oh God! We cr- like seriously. Like, how was he the last hope? How did this God. happen? Like, yeah, that was the worst. That oh, was the worst. Is Jason Giambi somewhere on the bench? Like, <laughs> did he? Can we just wander off? Can we just like bench? have like a contest where like a random fan comes out? Like, I that... think it's fair. I think we can have overreaction um, to Zach Pleasac. I'm, I'm good. We can ship him off. <clears throat> you're, well, yeah, that, that, you're right. That is actually a position that I do feel is up uh, for a position battle. Maybe not as much as others. Um, I really, you don't so, think, you don't uh, think the starting five. I, I would say, I would venture to guess the starting five is completely set in stone. Okay, no matter what so, happens. So I think it's pretty much set in stone, but I would say there's maybe up to three true position battles. Just quickly to run over them quickly. Backup catcher, uh, like eighth bullpen arm, and maybe a last starter. I would throw like a fourth and I would say literally like the fourth and fifth outfielders potentially. Well, potentially, but here's why I say no to that. Because I think you have as your utility infielders Gabriel Arias and Tyler Freeman. Between those two, they can cover every position on the infield. And now they're starting to play in the outfield. Mm -hmm. Josh Naylor, they're hoping to get some time in the outfield as well, too. Mm -hmm. Will Brennan can play any spot in the outfield. I really think they're comfortable with rolling with well, four true outfielders. And, and you've got Richie Palacios that, floating around. And you have Richie Palacios yeah. kind of floating around there too. I, I like it. I don't I think like he makes the team. I, I, there's some, yeah. Palacios to me doesn't provide enough of one thing where like if he could be that stolen base threat like Roman Quinn has proven in the minors. Maybe then Palacios gets that that utility infield 
outfield, uh, you know, spot on the bench. I get oh this side. Roman Quinn, base dealer, like Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. You could do a whole thing. <laughs> that would be. That Don't let GV artwork so, listen to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. They would, if, right. if the guys from GD hear this, uh, da, 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 we you said nothing. Jack shit. And yeah. if you did, you mother effers better pay. You don't own the fucking rights. <laughs> we <laughs> made that copyrighted shit. intellectual property. We made that shit. I will sue your ass. My dad's I know what, friends with somebody's son who's an attorney. Tim oh, Misney will make Chris them took pay. Actual classes. Yeah, I took, took a, a year of law semesters. Yeah, I hated it. Yeah, I mean, I, I Richie Palacio screams to me as a guy who will like be on this, be in this organization for like eight more years and just like be by war of attrition, like on the team every year. Like it'll be like I'm not as much as I want to like him. I'm not 100 percent sold on Gabriel Arias's future on the team. Um, I'm I'm not sold on Tyler Freeman's yet. Which is unfair because they're both so young. But well, like, I think Freeman could. I think Freeman could be like your utility guy that you hope. And funny enough, know who he reminds me of? Mike Freeman. Yes. Oh, oh. Does he have the calves of Mike Freeman though? Well, <laughs> or no, no. Up. Wasn't it Mike Avila I, had the calves? Oh no, yeah, yeah. Mike Avila had those calves. And the um, sexy calves, yeah. Mike like, Freeman, I don't. Mike Freeman was like was a nice, good, <laughs> solid utility guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. see Tyler yeah. Freeman potentially holding down that same role in the very near future. I assume you mean Mike Freeman, columnist of Bleacher Report. Uh, um, no, is that what he's pivoted? I, to? I don't believe so. <laughs> no. I don't know what. No, uh, I don't know what our former friend is up to these days. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Well, backup catcher for sure. Um, the, yeah, the random bullpen guy, sure. Uh, and then, I mean, isn't that, <laughs> and then isn't, I think we talk about it all the time, but like, isn't that just such a great? It's such a weird feeling going into this year because the Guardians have this really weird thing of like, oh, they could start to contend, but also they're still one of the youngest teams in baseball and have just like loaded prospects everywhere. So you're in a right. weird spot of like, you still kind of have to prove yourselves <laughs> a little bit because it yeah. could all come crashing down. And they Absolutely. could have like an well, eighty-two win season. You know, it's it's a, it's a, like how um, a bunch of regression, injury. Bug, well, twenty fourteen like, and fifteen. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of twenty fourteen and fifteen, where it was like they just weren't ready, and they want to. Yeah. they need to avoid that. Well, and and you brought up if they the point. come out hot. I think it really says a lot about because if some of these guys are as special as we're hoping they're going to be, like yeah. I. If like if Quan is like the dude that I think he is, like I I I this could be a like because all off season, Twins fans, White Sox fans, just like every excuse for why last season happened mm-hmm. and how how lucky how lucky we yeah. were and how we're not good, um, and I, I I'm I'm hoping this year is a like. They are those two teams are gone by like late August. Oh, I, and it's just like I hope by Fourth like, oh, of July they're praying oh, for God, a miracle. The Guardians are like they're just they're looking at the Astros and the Yankees. Like they don't care about their division I, is like that's white noise. I hope by Fourth of July <laughs> Chicago fans are talking or looking forward to the Bears season. Well, which the White is Sox a rough prospect. I think the White Sox are going through some real coping 
right now. Fans there, I think, are like, mm-hmm. they, they I mean, they get Brian Shaw, dude. That's true. <laughs> don't don't. But I, I have a feeling they're like going off the deep end over there. Twins. I I actually am of the belief. We'll talk about this more uh, in a, in a, like a preview episode. Uh, TBD. But I, I would say the Twins are pretty well, a bar barring catastrophic injuries that could certainly happen to their two top players the twins i feel will be there for most of the year yeah but the, there's something about that twins team where it's like they're not the bomba squad like they used to be but they got some guys over there and like you i don't want to sleep on them but to me they're, they're the pitching staff is like fairly good now they, they yeah, really did rebuild it pretty well it's sneaky good it's sneaky good yeah um, but you're talking about a lineup that's again we talk about it all the time a lineup damn. that's built predicated on guys like Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa being healthy every all year long. So good luck. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't wish that on anybody. It's just like if I was a Twins fan, I'd be like clenching my butt cheeks every single night until yes. they made Buxton and maybe like they a full-time will. DH. Well, even then he'll so. find a way to get hurt. Oh yeah, it'll be some, and it'll be some unfortunate thing where like he'll be like he'll be hitting four hundred in like early June and like he'll slide into second and just like sever his arm off on like one of the bigger bases or something <laughs> like his like or his like whole like you'll just watch like his like ankle go like in a three sixty spin as he slides into yes. second base <laughs> and it'll, it'll suck because like he's such a good dynamic player. Um, but okay, so uh, yeah, I mean. Well, it's, and let me, it's cool, man. It's it's just it's fun to like look at the state of the roster and think like, damn, there are just not a lot of places. You there's not these guys. There's not, and and the reason I say that the starting that final starting pitcher spot is is a possibility for debate is because look at all the guys that we have in the minors, like the rotation in Columbus this year is probably better than some big league rosters. Um, let me see if I can pull it up here. Well, I, I'm sure like the I'm sure teams like the Royals, Tigers, Pirates, Cubs, you know, like there there are certainly teams that would be like I would just let F it. Let's just take the Clippers rotation and just roll with it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I think by May, yeah. Chris, we'll be looking at it'll be a discussion to be like, "All right, well, who's going to be the fifth starter now?" I, I sure, sure. I, don't, I mean, I'm, I'm I just thinking if they're going to be proactive, in in you know, but they never really are, um, right? The Guardians, but they really are. don't operate they're, like that. They they let things fall. Last to them. year was a weird anomaly yeah. where you're just like, these guys made it. Quan Quan's going to be well, playing. And here's the other thing too. Yeah, we had 17 prospects make their debut last year. To me, there was only about three guys that really stood out and I'm like, yeah, bring him back. Everybody else, you gotta still truly prove it to me. Oh, and those no three guys I mean, are Quan, Gonzalez, and Brennan. And Brennan I'm, Brennan I'm still kind of like iffy on. Well even but even yeah, Gonzalez proved it. I wonder about yeah. Yeah. But I wonder about Gonzalez even because as pitchers adapt to him Will he be able to change his approach, or are we talking about a guy who's going to strike out thirty-two percent of the time? I don't know. I hope not. Yeah. But I, that's so, why I'm. That's why I have this feeling that like 
right field is more open than we would care for it to be. Well, and uh, to dive deeper into it at some other point with right field is, um, I, I said last episode, I really think that right field and first base are connected. There, there's a, there's a connection yeah, there. They're super because yes, of the guys who man those positions, like Naylor could slide back out there and play right, some right field, you know, well, let me say, let me rephrase this. Not just even first base and right field, first base, right field and DH. Those, those are all kind of like interchangeable. Lots of flexibility there. And yeah. I saw this on Twitter and I completely had forgotten and put this out of my, you know, memory. Josh Naylor is just not good against lefties. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when a lefty is on the mound, you're probably going to have Bell playing first base. Probably going to have Gonzalez maybe DHing that day, and Will Brennan playing right field, or oh, yeah. flip Brennan and Gonzalez. So like, but why would you? Why would you? Kind you of a need. To. Yeah. There's still kind of right. another need for another outfielder in my mind because that's assuming Miles Straw doesn't hit 221 again. Mm-hmm. And he at least gets back up to a more league average that we expected from him. And and Gabriel Arias is a righty. So there's that as yeah. you know, if you want to start plugging him in. And then, Well, and that's uh, why I think Arias and Freeman make sense, you know, get get scatter them out in the outfield a little bit too, see what they can do out there. This Isn't it is funny? Like all of a little... sudden, they have like a ton of right-handed hitters. Yeah, yeah, that that happened. Like, pretty. Yeah, all of a sudden, that kind of happened. I, I like it. Um, who on this forty-man would be like, like you know, they're not going to make the twenty-six man to start the Let's year, take a look. or probably even come up this year. Who would like you freak out, like in a good way, if it's just like. Holy God, that person is on the 26-man roster. No, oh, this guy's on the opening day. This guy's the opening day roster. Bone, yeah, like Bone Aylor would be one. Okay. Um, I just pulled you it up. You know who I would, like, go nuts for? And this this is, like, probably the weirdest long shot of all time, and I don't even think it's doable or possible, given that I don't think... Uh, let me see where he's played, and I know I'm I'm teasing it out a little bit. Um, well, I can give you a couple others too. Um, the, the guy that I would be like, oh, holy shit, he made the roster would be like if they somehow were like Juan Brito's the truth, and he's on, he's going to open up. <laughs> in, but it, like he hasn't even played above like, like double A. So yeah, yeah. he's either so like, it's like, yeah. It wouldn't happen, but like that would—that's the only um, one where I'd be like, "Oh my god!" But he's on the forty man, and like John Kenzie Noel, like that'd be kind of wild if he Noel would be awesome. Valera Noel for me would be like, what? Like, yeah, Brito Valera, I could see Angel them being Martinez. Like, F it, let's do it with Noel. No, uh, Valera. Well, oh, Noel, Valera. No, oh, like, oh, oh, Valera. I could see if they were like, we're going for it, and he's our top one of our top prospects. He's he's a good a. Offensive prospect. See, I think. Have. I think if I think I don't necessarily think he would break camp, but I could see him being like a May addition. Well, and I see. I see. Honestly, dude, like I could see Juan Brito, and I know this is not how they operate, and I know he's only twenty-one, but like, if Juan Brito's just like 
tearing it up. If he plays into double A this year and you get to like August and like they're in a need, I could see him getting to the cut. Yeah. I could see but, them but fast tracking him up. But but see, there's a lot of things I'm that, like would, that would have to be like, excited. But oh, I, I mean, so many injuries that would have to. So many injuries would have, have to, to occur. Brian Rokio would probably be hurt. <laughs> Ro- yeah, Rokio, Rokio, and Maybe Angel like Martinez would have to go down. There, Arias yeah. would have to be out. Like, just even in the yeah. minors, in, even in the minors, you're talking about like probably Arias, Rokio, Tina, and um, Angel Martinez. But again, dude. You never know who's going to struggle. You never know who's going to get don't, hurt. You don't. You don't. Yeah. I just feel like I have this feeling. I have this weird feeling about Juan Brito that like in three or four years, people are going to be like, holy God, they fleece the Rockies in that trade. Yeah. That, that's how I feel I mean, there's, about yeah. him. The, the stuff he just that made you hear about him, top- that he's like got that. He's got that eye at the plate. He's a, like fits just so perfectly into the vibe. I, I'm liking what I hear. He just made so he just cracked someone's top 100 prospects. Can't That's remember wild. whose list it was, but he came also, in like, like timing wise. Yeah. It's like pretty good. He's 21. Jimenez is super young too. Like you always want to have that. Like I always like to have two guys that are like, you know, it's like together right up yeah. the middle. Um, and you know, two years from now. He might be there, and or if disaster state strikes everywhere, maybe he'll maybe he'll be here this year. Well, next um, year is going to be the really interesting season. Like this time next year is going to be super interesting because, by all accounts, Ahmed's going to be gone. I'm excited for him this year. I don't know why. I'm like irrationally excited for Ahmed Rosario this year. Honestly, dude, like he everything he does is just so solid that I take him for granted. Yeah, he's he kind of flies ah, under the radar. All on the Rosario train, very nice. Whoa, 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 back, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I whoa. you I'm know where my heart lies. Brian Rocchio is my boy. Down the roster too, like he doesn't need to be batting second. Yeah, Rocchio is my boy. Like that's that's who I like. That's my horse in the race. Yeah, no, I, I get between, that. Well, speaking of him, but, but, real quick. Uh, so, uh. So Angel Martinez, how old is he? He is twenty one. He's like twenty one. So as the well. Guardians. So the Guardians have Juan Brito, is twenty one. Jose Tena, twenty one. Angel Martinez, twenty one. Brian Rocchio, twenty two. That is, yeah, insane. That and by last, unbelievable. By last check, uh, we really are going to only have one roster spot open for them for any one of those guys. Something's got to give eventually, man. Something. So, at some point, something's got to give. Glad that that, that sounded is, like a segue. Sounds like a said, I, I was going to say it sounds like a Brian Reynolds segue, and I'm not going to take the bait today. All right, we'll gonna talk about that these, later. We're, I'm going to let these right. uh, recent developments play out before we dive into that. Yeah, so. we'll, we'll maybe that'll be ne- uh, next week. Yeah. Um, all right, so switching gears. Uh, the only other, th- the only thing worth checking in on in spring training so far, to me at least, has been the pitch clock. And I got to say all the boomers are making a big deal about it. They're so mad. They're making a big deal about it. I'm really, I love it because all these games are going two and a half hours. If that. Yeah. Amazing. I got some numbers. I get, 
I can't wait to hear these numbers. I got, I was, I actually am on the side of like, I don't actually want to see the pitch clock. Don't show me the pitch clock. I don't want mm. it because it gives me as a viewer a weird level of anxiety that I don't need in an at bat. Like, I let me watch, let me watch the goddamn at bat. I don't care. All I care about is like, okay, oh, if uh, something happens where the guy, the, the batter doesn't get in with eight seconds or whatever, um, and they call a ball or a strike on whatever side, it's like that. Then I could go to the replay and see whatever. But like, I don't like it because it's just one more thing to look at. That's my only gripe with the pitch clock so far. Is like, I, I don't need it on the score bug, man. Like, I, I have no need for that. Other than that, yeah. I love it. Yeah, I like it. it. The pace. I mean, we were talking about the side by side comparisons. The the pace is just like it's so much more fluid. It's so much, so much quicker. Um, I, I could see them tinkering with it next year and making it maybe a little bit like maybe seventeen seconds or just adjusting it slightly. Um, sure. But uh, but yeah, I, I like it a lot too, and I agree. I uh, basketball. You know, it's a longer play clock, and the speed of the game, you know, at 24 sets, nine more seconds. Um, like, it, it isn't overwhelming visually to have it, uh, you know, be on the screen. I I also was having massive anxiety because it's like I'm counting down every time. It's like, oh, my, are they going to get it Yeah, now I'm just focused on the stupid pitch clock. Right. Well, it's nine more seconds with no one on. With someone on, it's... It's really only four seconds more in the NBA because it adjusts to 20 yeah, seconds. So, um, but in my super uh, too early analyzation of the pitch clock and the effect of it on the game, the Guardians' three games of, uh, so far are clocking in just under two hours and 40 minutes. God. Wow. Could you imagine getting games? Could you imagine getting games that were, end at like before nine o'clock uh, when they have those six p.m. Amazing. midweek games? But anyway, go amazing. Ahead. Last year, the average MLB game was over three hours. It was three hours and three minutes. You're shaving off almost thirty minutes. Now, granted, three three games in spring training don't make you know, the best sample size. But in spring training, you're also touting out like a new pitcher, especially at this point in the season in spring training, you're touting out a new pitcher every inning. He's making a couple extra pitches in his warmups. They're going to see these games come in at around 230, 235. Especially once the teams get used to this. Yeah, I, I think that's it's a really good sweet spot. Like that, I think that's like the perfect amount of time. Like mm-hmm. two minutes or two hours and thirty to two hours and forty minutes is the, the yeah. perfect amount of time to keep I think kids engaged, yep. to keep the normal fan engaged. Um and they're I know they're keeping the um extra innings with the runner on second. I think that's a win. Um and I think a lot of this stuff like really uh lends itself to what the Guardians are good at. Oh yeah. Which is just chipping away at you they have good base runners um like i i think a lot of these new rules the shift we've talked about that a bunch a lot of these new rules are really i think 
going to be beneficial. The only thing, and they were talking about this in the Levitard show today. Can you imagine if the last out of the world series is a pitch clock violation? <laughs> Just like how, or I do a wonder bases loaded, um, walk automatic walk because yeah, the pitcher doesn't God. get off in time. I mean, I wonder if any like ump would even have like the balls to do it. If they would, who knows if they do? But also, like, come on, is it challengeable though? I don't believe so. Okay, I don't. I didn't know until. I don't know, but I. Well, think about this: is like okay, so like yeah, there's going to be like multiple instances of managers getting ejected because a you have the. Uh, could it impact a game? And then, like with Karen Check, I didn't, I had never heard this part of the rule. So, like, maybe I just didn't read it. But, like, I didn't know that when a pitcher called for a new ball, that it would, that the clock is supposed to reset. It like, is. I, yeah. I didn't know but, that. But it, they only but, have like a certain amount of time uh, in, in order to do that. Okay. So, but, but in the instance where he got called for that ball, they should have but reset think of it, the clock. Okay, but like, but like if they don't reset like the that, clock and then it counts, you know, will a manager get like pissed and yeah. like go get like, himself? But that's a situation in the regular season. Like these score operators, you know, scoreboard operators need to be like on top of their game. I oh mean, yeah, they can't be Harry these, Dorland it up there in the in the press box, you know, pouring one out. And go, if you think about it, these these scoreboard keepers for baseball have had it easy for so long. It's about Just time they earn their keep. Flicking a ball, flicking a strike, mound visit, mound visit, stepping out of the box, ball strike out. That's it. Welcome, now, welcome to the real world. Yeah, earn your paycheck, kiddo. Hey, I got, I got to ask. You know, <laughs> because Fenway loves the history so much, are they going to go to a manually operated uh, pitch clock? It will be no. It's going to be one of those old <laughs> basketball ones. Where it's like an actual <laughs> clock, <laughs> and someone's kind of like wind it back, like yeah, at the, yeah, just like we don't know how much time. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm into it. I I, lo- I love. <laughs> I'm just really really excited to see what all the changes do to the game this year. Well, I I think and, and I think it, you've. Again, you know, only three games into the season, but if you're getting games in at 240, like like you said before, Steve, even a 7 o'clock game, that means that game is done before 10 p.m. It's beautiful. You're in your car on the road most likely by 10 p.m. Yeah, that's amazing. So nice. Yeah. You're, and, you're home at 1030 instead of like 1115, and it's just... Yeah. Especially if it's during like, the week. I saw something, too... And I, I have, I can't, I'm not going to say it right, but like, I saw something too that said like, in terms of the way, I mean, with the RSN stuff these days, like who the hell knows how the, any of this would go, but like, it actually works a lot better for networks when you can plan around the games better in terms of the post game show and how sure. you sell to advertisers because like it that means like the game wouldn't go over cutting into the post game show advertising time. Um, well, in, in a I'll say this block. about I'll say this about from like an advertising standpoint. I'm really surprised, and I'm probably going to lose like eighty percent of the audience as I as I talking about this. I'm really surprised that baseball and, and other North American sports haven't adopted more of that. Um, 
soccer, football, if you will, uh, approach of kind of that popping up, you know, the, they, they narrow the screen of the live action down a little bit and they have that uh, extra screen mm. of whatever advertisement is right there. I'm surprised more, more North American sports haven't done that. I mean, one yeah. of my biggest pet peeves is, and I know I'm, we're getting off on a tangent here, but like a kickoff in football, you have the touchdown or whatever, the score, commercial. Break. You break. come back, you see one damn play that 90% of the time results in nothing happening. You know, the ball goes out of the end zone. Okay, put the ball out at the 25. And then you cut to another commercial break. I seem to remember that. I seem to remember they got rid of that. They do, they do the they, they some, do some, some, they do some the networks do the boxes Box and they stay they stay on. But there's been other games that I've watched this year, especially some of the prime time games where they're probably trying to, you know, so I think you know, playoff milk, games have also and, done that where they go to break. Yeah, and playoff yeah. The, like yeah. you said, they're, all milking, the ad, they're milking the ads. Also like, they're trying to get through the ads because they want to get through those ads because they don't want it to pay it back. Because yeah. if the game becomes a blowout. All this of a sudden, the, the, there's there's clauses in the thing. Or there is the all of that. Too yeah. long, so they want to get as many breaks done as early as possible to meet those obligations. There is that, but I just I'd really love to see that. Keep the camera on on the action that's going on in the field. Have something on the side, and you come back after thirty seconds of downtime. Versus- I do love how like pissed off people get with soccer and they're like it's the longest thing ever it's like the most enjoyable thing to me i love that it's like two hours and 15 minutes That's it's like game. clockwork you could you can literally yeah, set your set your watch to it almost yeah because every every block is two hours and yeah you have it's 90 minutes of game actually it's less than two hours 15 minutes it's like an say. hour and 50 minutes unless you get yeah, some of those world th- cup games that we're having like 15 minutes of like stoppage time (laughs) right yeah you get 30 minutes of stoppage time and yeah Yeah, it's like what i just like i mean look baseball for the majority of its existence operated at the pace of two and a half hours or less yeah and so it's ridiculous to me that people get pissed about it because it's not a better product the way that it was before where you've got pitchers that are hijacking innings and doing all this dumb crap around the mound that not only disrupts the flow of the game. And even when like, even when I'm listening to the game on the radio, either around the house or, you know, in the yard or driving or whatever, it's like, we're very blessed to have Tom Hamilton, you know, fill the void with, with his, you know, anecdotes or whatever. But like, it takes you away. Like even as you're listening to a game sometimes and it's like an inning is just dragging ass because of like mm-hmm. yeah, delays, you, you kind of start to like fade out zone out yeah. the action a little bit or like God, you know, I hate to admit it, but like sometimes in the broadcast, if I'm watching the broadcast and it's like doing that, I'll look at my phone or something where I'm not really engaged well, in the inning all of a sudden because of it. And, and on the broadcast, you're not alone because I do, I do know I, I I do think that we have a decent broadcast TV broadcast crew, um, but they tend to get on tangents and have some inside jokes that I, I have seen a lot of fans um, gripe about, especially the getting uh, raged, getting raged. Yes, uh, but well, oh, that's a different topic baseball, for a different day. 
is like you mentioned the people get are in older generations upset that it's like why are we baseball should have no no yeah, clock it should there's be, no clocks in it, baseball i who wants to be there for a four and a half hour like june 19th game it, you know on a thursday evening like what, what are we talking about like i was even though it was a playoff game i i, I was gonna say 15 now, innings against the Rays. no like, don't get me wrong so, i was oh, at that game and i loved every moment of it but at some point yes it's kind of like i i, I did i did and i'll admit this right before gonzalez hit the home run i i did say to a a uh Random stranger, I was like, man, I just hope someone gets a freaking run here. Like, soon. Yeah. I love those games. But when they start becoming the norm, they they, they, they drain you. And it, I, yeah, and that's fine, for I think, for the postseason. Yeah. If they're longer, that's fine. Like, have your occasional, you know, three-hour, 50-minute postseason that's game. That's perfectly fine. Where it is back and, the, and forth. And the Red Sox and Yankees will still manage story. to distort that average game length whenever the, yes. they play 16 Oh yeah, somehow they'll be, the, they'll be the outliers for sure. They yeah. totally will. And that's I even without it. Nomar playing for the Red Sox any longer. Dude, I, that's actually my... So the funny thing about the pitch clock, to me, isn't even about the pitchers, actually, and I've, I know I've been griping it's, about pitchers. It's it the is the hitters that piss me off more than anything. And to, to finally have, see them get their comeuppance is like glorious. You know what I'm waiting for? Speaking of the, speaking to that, I am waiting for some quick pitches to occur where the pitcher's ready to go yeah. and that batter is just fucking around, around, you know, doing whatever, adjusting his batting gloves for the seventh time in the uh, between pitches, and that pitcher's like, "Screw you!" Calling pal. for time, boom! Calling for time. Oh yeah, dip, dip, setting, getting back out again. Like, well, here's here's the dirty secret. That. Here's the dirty secret, and you started seeing it a little, a couple, I shouldn't say a couple. You definitely saw it more frequently in the last, like, two years. Umps don't need to give it to the batter. They don't need to give time to the batter. That is a judgment call on the umps part. Now, most umps won't be total dicks and will grant it, but there are some umps who are like, nah, man, sorry. Be ready. Do better. And, like, once... The the because like once an at bat begins, that's like you're the pitcher and batter are engaged are engaged in the at bat, so there oh, doesn't yeah. need to be all this bullshit going on. You know. Also, here's a question that I actually don't know about the pitch clock: Can a pitcher, if they need to, I would assume this is yes, but is there a limit on a pitcher calling time to like pause the pitch clock if need be? Like if like. Like if he drops the ball, or like, or like oh. gets rosin, or like, yes. you know what I mean? Like, I does he have to like freaking run. You can do two. Okay, so this is what I was talking about earlier. You can do they're called disengagements. You can do two disengagements in, at bat in an at bat, and so that could be throwing to first. That could be stepping off the bag or the off the the mound. That could be calling time, but if on the third time. If you're trying to throw a runner out, so it counts towards your disengagements. If you try to throw a runner out and they they get back to the back safely, it's an automatic balk, and everybody advances. 
And there, that's another thing that kind of ties into the pitch clock is they're they're going to be cracking down on the box this year. So that's kind of one oh, of yeah, those things. Movement that one yeah. movement is not allowed anymore. Yeah, I, I saw. So like, yeah, like, like, I saw, like we were saying before, <clears throat> like Nestor Cortez is going to have to like relearn how to pitch for the Yankees. And uh, what's his name um, from the Astros has like that wild. Uh, oh yeah, wind up. Not not. I mean, the only guy. Um, but yeah. But the only guy that really that affects with the Guardians is Karen Check because he tosses the ball up and he rubs his hair and he pats right. himself on the back and. Well, I but I saw another guy get a balk in a game because he didn't come to a complete set to beat the clock. Well, yeah, but that but that's but that's like a typical balk. Um, right, exactly. But he was know, doing it call. because he was rushed. Yeah, on the, so he on was rushed. Yeah. Well, yeah. and and you know what? It's like a lot of these younger pitchers. I'm sorry, Fabs, to cut cut you off. Oh, you're good. Um, but a lot of these younger pitchers have come up through the minors with this, so it's really yeah. going to be more of an adjustment, theoretically. To those who have been point. out of the minors for a while, this is right, a, exactly it, when you think about all these changes. Like this is a very like monumental off season in terms of like the 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 future of what baseball will look like for our children. Oh, isn't it funny that almost changes. nobody gets to watch it because RSNs right. are a nightmare? There's, MLB TV has blackouts. Um, <laughs> like, what, there's fourteen. There's fourteen. Fourteen Bally's, and then there's three more. Um, uh, shoot, NBC affiliates or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is fingers well, this crossed. Is a topic for another. MLB day. does the right thing, dude. I I'm like every night I go to bed hoping that like I'll wake up and see news that MLB said like this year we start the no blackouts. I'd pay whatever they could. They could I, ask for anything. I, and I don't think you're going to get talking about wanting to do that, but who knows? I don't think you're going to see that until like March 25th. I don't think that news is breaking until like, yeah, like right before, days before. Right, right. Yeah. Because there's yeah. some kind of clause, especially with the Bally's teams, there's like some kind of clause. And, and I think I said this in a text to you guys. Like, I don't know if it's like a legality thing or what, but like, Bally's has to pay all their their fees to the teams, mm-hmm. and if they don't make that payment, and that's coming up here soon, they're clearly at not that going point, to. and they're clearly not going to. And and NBC or whoever it, the other uh, affiliate was, but it's like the root sports teams. Um, I don't know what their deadline is, but like it's, I mean, it's going to be all last second. But something tells me, like, to flip the blackout restrictions literally is just like adding a line of code, like, and blackout. Right? You can, you just, yeah, you just like that's say it. Like, we're like ending. They can do it. Like it's our product. seconds. Yeah, like, it's their product. You should be like, nope, it's done. The one that I'm interested in, and th- we can talk about this another time in, in greater depth because it's interesting to me, is uh, this whole concept of cable sports is about to crumble, given that like it's all just propped up by ESPN. Once, like, ESPN just, like, dissolves from being, like, a major sports provider, what happens then, you know? Well, I hope that day doesn't come because um, I have the Hulu Live package, and that has been phenomenal for their hockey coverage. And all they're doing is picking up other feeds, like, 
of yeah. the broadcast, and they're just like slapping like the ESPN Plus logo on some of the stuff. That's sweet. And it's like I, I, I've I, seen more Maple Leafs games this year than I've ever seen outside of when I had the NHL package like years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't have to watch them That's play sweet. the the crummy uh, Blue Jackets the two times a year. Oh, they're you so know. bad. I, I I'm really so, bummed so. Apple didn't didn't get the uh, the uh, Sunday ticket rights because the I I got. Um, with my T-Mobile Tuesdays where you get great deals from T-Mobile. And I think we're going to get free MLB TV this year again from it. Uh, but they gave everybody MLS, the MLS mm-hmm. like package with Apple TV for free. So you get all the MLS games. So I watched uh, the crew this weekend lose, uh, but their, their streaming was really good. I was like super impressed by, um, by how they, their whole layout and, just being able to switch between games was really nice. And a- Apple also, and this is why the NFL didn't go with them. They were going to keep, there was going to be no additional yep. Yep. Uh, right. fee for Sunday ticket. Yeah. And now Google, yeah, no, there's it. no way the NFL would pass yeah, up money. YouTube. That's the only thing they live right. for. Well, Apple had the highest bid. They said it, it didn't make it seem like they're, by doing it that way, it didn't make it seem like it was a premium product. Yeah, and so they didn't. Mm-hmm. Want they were just yeah because it was all about going to be on us. It was all Apple about the NFL like, making it yeah. appear as a premium product. Yeah, I hate them so oh, much. God, they're the worst sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. truly are. Roger Goodell and the NFL are the worst. Just the worst. Like as much belly aching as every fan of any other sport has. You know, God knows we've criticized Rob Manfred a number of times and hockey fans hate uh, Batman and Adam Silver wants to freaking implement some kind of like mid-season tournament that makes no sense because yes. soccer does it. Okay, buddy. Didn't he? Um, yeah, and then he also was talking about some overtime thing this week too where they were like, there'd be like rules about like overtime scores so that stars don't have to play like 46 minutes or something like all of a sudden. I did not no, hear that, but I was, I was also out of the score. loop this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You you played like a specific score like they did with the All-Star game yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah, that, El- that Elam score is probably going to be like implemented in the NBA within the next decade, I feel. For like yeah. regular season games. Yeah. Because as I've heard, um, and I thought I understood it, but um, every, every uh, game will end in a game-winning basket. Right. That, that that's why the NBA likes it. Like yeah. That's what like higher ups within the NBA have said is like the NBA likes it because there's gonna be a game winning shot I mean, every I, game. I mean I get it, I guess. Well, I get like, it's, it's, but it's like my it's God, easy to market on. and it's easy to like socialize, but I don't know. It's just I feel like that's just finding problems that like don't exist. Exactly. Like, I I all that stuff. Unlike what yeah, I mean unlike what Major League Baseball has done, which I'm probably in the minority, but all of these rule changes, I genuinely like. I like them all. Mm-hmm. I, I got do. questions I like on the, some of them, yeah, but I genuinely I like, like them. I like the no shift. I like the bigger bases for safety. I wish they would have made them three times bigger because um, that would have looked hilarious. Would have. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think they're all really great. And, you know, I I like that, you know, you can not be at a game 
for so long. Like it's just like it, it, even if you have a little kid and you're not, you know, you're not going to make it regardless of how short the game is. If you can make it two hours with them and suddenly that's the seventh inning or eighth inning. Yeah. Like that's amazing because you get to see almost home. all the game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be exciting. I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm going to, that's why I'm paying, it's why I'm paying attention to spring training. So it'll be very fun to see that. I'm very excited about the shift, which we've talked about. Um, but it'll be interesting to watch people argue about it, which I guess is in a, in its essence, a good thing given that. Uh, oh people yeah. Are talking about baseball, yeah. And, so. and, and, and I mean, people are talking about baseball again, baby. Let's it probably it. really won't hit the arguing. masses for, it's it's not going to hit the masses for another. Oh, it's going to be a culture weeks, shock for but, some people. Some, there are going to be people going oh, to their first yeah. game in like April and just people, going, what yeah. the hell? What's that you know, clock down there? Those, that wasn't yeah, there last year, those, I don't think. It's going to be those Cleveland fans who refuse to buy any Guardian stuff, who think that like oh, God. I know exactly what like, you're talking uh, about. Too. Albert Bell is still on the team, <laughs> and they're going to be like, what the fuck is that clock doing? What's happening here? And it's the only game they're going to go to. Bach. What's so a bach? I don't know. Why is that a bach? What is that? Get, what is like? I go get to go to second base now. Yeah. I, yeah what new rule is glad this? We didn't have to worry about the name change this off season. Like we get to focus on like our young guys and just, just baseball. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Here's a conspiracy theory to throw out there, and maybe like end the episode on too. Uh, do the rule changes deter fans from like bringing up the name change? From last year, and all those like people who are like, oh, "I'm done with this team because they're not the Indians yes. anymore." Do they I finally say, shut up and start complaining about something different now? Well, I would say it goes. It's it's bigger than that. I would say this is a, a concerted effort by Rob Manford um, to make sure that Cleveland fans specifically weren't complaining about the name change. So he implemented. Baseball organizational wide changes that are changing the future of the game for a market that Major League Baseball always tries to target for national broadcasts in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. So, yes, for those people who think that's a real thing, Rob Manford specifically did this for Cleveland baseball. That's right. Babs, you took that a level deeper, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We don't get into enough conspiracies over here. So, I feel like that's a no. No. Though there was a really good one one that I came across on um, Joey Votto. Had an interesting one out there. Oh, the aliens one, yeah? The alien one, which I was like, Joey Votto and me need to share a couple beers and talk this thing over. Because I'm all on on board with most of that, with the exception of the Reds winning the World Series, of course. (laughs) Yeah, they're not winning anything. No, they're they're terrible. (laughs) I think you're going to be okay on that one. Um, Okay. All right, that's uh, that's it. We're done. Um, we'll be back uh, yeah, with another episode soon, um, and uh, we'll be continuing to cover spring training. I'll continue to gripe about it, and uh, we'll begin. We'll continue the long march to uh, the twenty twenty three season. Um, until then, be sure to catch us on social at Calpino Pod. Rate, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff that I beg you to do each and every week. And uh, we'll catch you guys later. Bye.